This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Wednesday, January 26th, and this is your 5x5 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Ed for five minutes each. We will talk some young and sometimes volatile fantasy options who have been trending up lately. The latest on Clay Thompson's comeback tour, the return of Anthony Davis, plus some win totals and MVP odds with Von Dalzell. All that and more is coming up. As we get things started, Raph, you're stepping into the leadoff role. I know you're ready. Sounds like a good idea. Let's start on a positive note. Uh, and Cade Cunningham. Um, of course, this happened hours after we recorded our Rookie of the Year podcast or, or web show, whatever you call it. Yeah, YouTube video. Yeah, YouTube video. And a few of us, myself included, explicitly stated that Evan Mobley is a clear favorite for Rookie of the Year. Now, I stand by that. But I think Cade Cunningham gave us a, an emphatic reminder that the race is nowhere near over. And there's still a lot of basketball to be played after what he did last night. 34 points on 14 to 26 shooting, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals, four blocks, and six three-pointers. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, he's the second rookie since 1973-74 with 30 or more points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and four blocks in the game. The other rookie is a man by the name of Michael Jordan. Pretty good company to be in, I, I, I'd assume. You know. Yeah, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, from a fantasy standpoint, with that performance, Cunningham is now the top-ranked fantasy rookie in nine cap. He's 76, Mobley 78. Cunningham's been 43rd in nine cat over the last two weeks, according to Basketball Monster. It seems like he's really turning a corner. Obviously, early in the season, he missed the time to the sprained ankle and got off to a slow start. Then Jesse got rolling four games out due to health and safety protocols. Now he's back, and knock on wood, I think it stonks, I guess. So, you know, the stock's just going up at this point. So what are your thoughts on Cade Cunningham and his recent play? And, and maybe if we, we might have a rookie of the year race that's more than just Mobley and Scotty Barnes. Yeah, pun intended when you said stocks there after that uh, defensive extravaganza uh, on Tuesday night. I actually, I, said, I actually said stonks, but oh, I don't okay. know if you get stonks. But yeah, stonks, <laughs> stocks, you know what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing about Cade Cunningham was he was a headache in both field goal percentage and turnovers for a while there. And we, and Ryan and I, a year or two ago, started calling those sub-zero categories. Like, those three areas where, like, in an eight or nine category, well, in a nine-category league, someone can put you in a deficit, right? They can actually sink you. And it's hard when a guy is hurting you in two of those, I think. That's always kind of the way I've thought of it. But he's shooting better now. He's over 44% since the start of January in 12 games. So... That is a huge difference maker because we all can pretty much handle a guy who just has high turnovers. And that's kind of what he's starting to look like now. A guy who's helping you in, I don't know, seven out of nine categories all of a sudden with the blocks. So I, I love it. I mean, I think I, I don't have him in like the majority of my leagues, but where I don't have him, I feel like I missed out on a chance to acquire him in trades. Yeah, I think you, know, you mentioned turnovers. That's one concern. Something else that I think Dwayne Casey brought up yesterday is a lack of foul calls. You know, he's going in there and taking some contact, and he 
it's kind of getting that rookie treatment where they don't really give you the calls that you deserve early on. So over the last two weeks, he's been 85.7% from the foul line, but he hasn't been getting there very often. And I think you look at a Josh Giddy, for example, where he doesn't get to the line very often, but he's far lower in terms of percentage. But when he does, he clangs them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess you, if you're a fantasy manager as Cunningham, you're kind of thankful that when he does get to the line, taking advantage of those opportunities, but you'd certainly like to see him get there more. Just it may, it may make the scoring even easier for him. Clearly, Raph, we can talk about Cade all day, but we actually only have a minute left, so I don't want to shortchange this next guy because I think he's a pretty interesting case. So let's hear it. Kevin Porter Jr. I'm starting to think that he might be like the point guard version of an R.J. Barrett, where his placement in the rotation makes him a must roster, but the production doesn't exactly line up with that. For the season, he's 247th in nine cat, which is absolutely brutal for a starting point guard. 16-5-9 with two three-pointers and four turnovers last night against the Spurs. Man, six-round value over the last two weeks is good, especially compared to what he's done. But I don't know. I don't know about him in terms of the rest of the season outlook. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the last five games he's been pretty good. Around eighteen, nearly eighteen points, six point six dimes. We're going to hear the alarm in a second. But we'll go slightly past it to finish this. One point six steals, two point eight threes, forty-eight from the field, almost seventy-seven from the line with the two point six turnovers. Like, if okay, we heard it. We know we're out of time. We're going to go slightly past it. If we were getting that guy. I think we'd feel great about it, right? Sign me up. Sign me up for 76 from the free throw line, 2.6 turnovers, great. But that's a five-game sample. I feel like that's probably the outlier. I mean, maybe if you're an optimist, you can say, oh, he's turning the corner before our eyes. If you want to, whatever narrative you want to tell yourself, I think I lean more towards he's probably going to continue to be just crushing you in percentages and turnovers more often than not. And maybe you have a little sell-high window here in fantasy for a guy who a lot of people have wanted to drop for a lot of the year. So that's kind of where I'm at. He's also not giving you defensive stats. So he can't really make up for those deficiencies in another area either. I think if you have him, you hope that he's turning the corner, right? But, and you, cause you probably can't. I mean, you're probably not going to fool anyone with this five games in terms of a fantasy trade. So, all right. Well, less optimistic note there, but we tried. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Raph. We'll see you back here soon. All right. Take care. Okay. I'm going to add Brad Stonebreaker. Brad, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? So let's start, Brad. I think you, the first guy on your list is a guy who I would describe as soul-crushingly average for a lot of this season, but seems to be finding another gear now. So tell us your latest thoughts on Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, man. Um, so last night, tough loss to Minnesota. 20 points, 14 boards, 4 assists, and a steal in 31 minutes. He recorded his sixth straight double-double, and somehow that is the longest double-double streak of his career for a guy who averaged a double-double in four seasons, including this one. So that was really... I found that very astounding. The steals have always been there, 1.2 a game. And finally, it's that thing we've probably talked multiple times, the big men who aren't blocking shots this season, extravaganza. Finally, they're starting to show up. um, 1.2 of them per game over his last five, as opposed to 0.6 on the season. But, of course, there's a but. If you're looking at his season averages compared to like the last two weeks when he's been turning on, playing well, he's shooting... 8% 8% lower, almost 8% lower from the free throw line. And he's turning it over 50% more. So 2.4 as opposed to 3.6. Even though the blocks are up, which was the main concern, those two things taking hits keep him around that top, like barely top 100, maybe top 90-ish range. So I guess my question, is he ever going to totally string it all together? Do you think we're going to see that 
mid-round potential that we've seen before to, for the second half of the season? Or do you think he's just what he is at this point, you know? I mean, I think overall, you've got to be pretty thrilled with what we've seen since the start of January, right? Like almost 17 half points, 13 half rebounds, almost four assists. The blocks are at least up to 0.8 from 0.5. That 0.5 number was just was just brutal. And really, like, let's look at his first through December, right? I mean, he was around 13 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, two and a half assists. If you were getting that with one plus blocks, you'd be like, ah, this isn't really what I drafted, but you'd be okay with it. It was the blocks. And so now we're just, we're seeing the spike in production. I think, I think I'm okay with it overall. And I think you got to be overall thrilled with this trend. Yeah, agree. I, I think the free throws will, they'll fix themselves. And it, I guess the steals are there too, which is nice. Um, they've always been there. I think he has one in at least like eight or so straight games, which is really encouraging, even if he is forgetting to block shots for certain nights. And also it's, it's cool that CJ has come back and he's actually been playing very well with CJ. So hopefully, I, I don't, I don't know if there are any numbers behind this per se, but CJ being there and defenders putting more pressure on him might make things easier for Nurkic down low. I don't know because the five games since CJ has returned, Nurkic has looked pretty good. So maybe that's a trend to go forward. I don't know. We'll see when more games are played. All right. So keeping it in the Western Conference, Brad, I want to hear your thoughts on one Luke Kennard who had a huge game on Tuesday. Yes, massive game. Hero of the night. Real quick breakdown if whoever missed that game. Clippers are down 35 at some point in that game. Fast forward to the fourth. They're down six. Luke Kennard hits a 32-footer. And then the Wizards just don't inbound the ball. And then Luke Kennard gets a four-point play. And they win the game by one, which I cannot believe it. But yeah. And Kennard ended with one of the best games of the season with 25 points on 8 of 13. Eight rebounds, six assists, and a steal without any turnovers. He missed nine games in protocols, but in the four since, he has looked better each one and finally played 30 minutes last night. Now, of course, there's always a caveat, always an issue, but there's guys, this roster, of course, I'm going to ignore Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I don't think they're playing super soon, um, but the, the other wings, they got Amir Coffey, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris sat out last night with a personal issue. Do, do you think there's some room for Luke Kennard to cut out a, even just a late round role as a points triples guy at the very least on the team so full of wings yeah i think so because look at what he did before he was in the protocols he was playing really well for a long stretch there and and i he was on my radar when he first came back so i think no are we gonna see 25 8 and 6 often no but like points and threes and and all the, and that good stuff and a handful of assists yeah i like canard and i think he's 29 percent rostered in yahoo league so i think he's a He's not available in many of my leagues, but I think if he's available in yours, I think he's a priority pickup. I don't know. Why can't, why can't it just be Coffee and Canard, the Coffee and Canard show? I, I, I understand the Batum-Morris argument. Yeah, and then there's alliteration there too. It, makes just, it just makes the most sense, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on Canard. I might say I would prefer, I might prefer Coffee just because a little more upside, just a little everywhere. I think Aaron might be talking about him, so I'm curious to see what he says. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sold on Canard, and 29% of leagues seems far too low with what we've seen from him this season yeah and i'm sure that number is going to spike a little bit after people the more people see that box score and make make moves but you're right we are going to talk about coffee in a second and on that note we are going to talk about something else first so brad we're out of time thanks just giving a spoiler here <laughs> all right see ya thanks man we welcome in von dalzell from nbc sports edge betting with a background I've never seen before. This is this is an eye-catching background. What's going on, Vaughn? You want to hear an interesting story about today? 
I, I do. So uh, my neighbor just got a puppy a couple days ago, and the puppy is now realizing that that person has to work, and they think that the person's never coming back, and it's by itself forever. So it hasn't stopped crying oh. since 9 a.m., and it's now, you know, past noon here. So, uh, yeah, I actually wow. record in my apartment anymore. I'm now banned from my own apartment because of my neighbor's dog. Wow. Yeah, it's tough. Wow. Exile. Yeah, I mean, but we Unreal. make a way, you know, when you get to record Matt Drew, we make a way. And by the way, I will say, speaking of dogs, my dog has been gnawing on a bone underneath the desk this entire time, which probably has been audible at some point and has has kicked my internet at least once and unplugged it. So uh, dog adventures abound today. The best and the worst. But yeah, maybe my neighbor should just give their dog a bone. That'd probably solve all the problems. <laughs> all right, Vaughn. I believe first up, you have something on a team very near and dear to my heart, the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, what, what What's going on here? Tell me. Oh, I mean, this is the time. This is the time to buy in, Matt. Over 40 and a half wins, their team total. I mean, I think they're finishing above 500. I don't know about you. I'm sure you support that. But they are catching fire, catching some heat right now with four straight wins. You know, they have a favorable schedule down the stretch. I looked at their strength of schedule. The seventh easiest uh, in terms of average opponent rank. So, Certainly a beneficial factor for a guy like Trey Young, who's getting hot right now. Uh, I've been betting on him lately. You know, he's dropping 30 points left and right. Not as focused on the passing lately either because he's trying to get wins and he's taking control late in games. So, uh, yeah, I think the Hawks are a very good team to bet on now. I believe they're a playoff team. I've always believed that, and I believe they're going over 40 and a half wins. Uh, although right now they're sitting at 21-25 at the time of this recording. I still think they're going to make a strong push in the second half, similar to how they did last year. You forced me to go back and look and relive the, the horror of the Hawks going 6-16 six and 16 from late November to mid-January, which still blows my mind that that happened. But yeah, this is starting to look more like the team that went on that run last year after starting out 14-20. and 20. Three of their last four wins are Bucks, Heat, Hornets, and they crushed the Hornets on Sunday. So DeAndre Hunter, you're kind of, I think, betting on DeAndre Hunter to stay healthy a little bit because it feels like he's been the catalyst to this thing. But yeah, the, what by my math, they have to go... 20 and 16 to win that wager the rest of the way, if my arithmetic's right. So I like it. Okay. Topic number two from the betting vantage point. Where do you want to go? Joel Embiid. Man, MVP'd. Is that what they call him nowadays? That's what they've always <laughs> called him in Philly, baby. Some are saying. This is the process. And he came out yesterday in the tunnel. I used to live outside of Philly. And when I saw him come out of the tunnel watching the pregame, and they said, Joel, the process, Embiid, and he flexed. And I was like, yeah, he's dropping 30. That's another 30-piece night incoming here. Uh, I mean, 38, 40, 52, 30, you know, 42 in his last four games. He scored 30 or more points in 14 of his last 15, 16 wow. of his last 18. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. We did the betting and fantasy crossover, and his odds on Christmas Eve were plus 4,000. They are now down to plus 300 or smaller uh, after his out wow. eruption against the Pelicans, uh, where Jonas Valanciunas ducked. Joel Embiid, if anyone was interested in that one, because I thought that was going to be a great matchup. And Valanciunas said, I'll take the rest night. I'll take the night off. I'm in my 30s, brother. So, uh, yeah, Joel Embiid's got everything. As did the entire rotation, by the way. Their whole rotation uh, set that one out pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's just like none of them wanting a piece of Joel Embiid, and I don't blame them because right now this guy is just rolling, and I think if you haven't bet on him yet to MVP, you should because compared to the other guys that are in the competition, Curry, Giannis, and Jokic, They've already won MVPs. He's the only one that hasn't. People want to bet on Embiid. Even at plus plus three hundred, we're we're still uh, we're still into it. I think he's going to take over and be the favorite. Like uh, I spoke to points bet traders, and they said we're protecting the guy. 
uh, when I asked them, Embiid was plus uh, 1,100 and plus 900 other books and points bet him at plus 600. So I said, what's up with that? And they said, he's going to be the favorite wow. here pretty soon. Um, and sure enough, he's tied with Steph Curry on us right now for the favorite. So uh, I love Embiid. I think it's playable down to the plus 100 if you haven't gotten the market yet. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be the favorite here to take it over. And I think the Sixers are going to be a team worth betting on. Uh, to win games outright moving forward the age-old question can he stay healthy similar to what i was saying about can't can, you're betting on the guys stay healthy still hasn't reached 65 games in a season in his career now they're it's kind of tricky because we're not talking about all 82 game seasons but that's the only question or or maybe the key question could happen this year he's looking good he only played 51 games the past two seasons apiece he has 36 already this season Kerr highs and field goals points he's rolling only missed one game since late november vaughn we have shy of a minute left so what's your parting thought here all right well i've talked about this too many times i don't like the lakers or the nets these rosters i don't know how you're how you can make these rosters up and think they're championship teams i get the big three with kyrie Harden, and durant but you've already seen james Harden having problems with kyrie because he doesn't want to get vaccinated durant's hurt the rest of the roster is made up of guys named blake griffin nicks claxton and lamarcus aldridge so i mean the lakers you already know the lakers are trying to shake it up and trade but fade those two teams the Suns, the Jazz, the Bucks, the Heat, those are the teams you want to back in the playoffs for making it deep. So that's my best piece of advice for some future markets. All right. I think we have just now practically hit the buzzer. You can hear Vaughn on the Bet the Edge podcast. Vaughn, always great to have you here, man. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. Go hard. All right. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We have two writers still to come. First, we're going to take a very quick break. The NFL playoffs are here, and NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you a special offer. Get 15% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout the playoffs when you use promo code PLAYOFF15. Get every tool for every game at one low price. It's easier than ever to play and wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Wednesday's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Kings and Hawks, Raptors and Bulls, and Mavericks and Blazers. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. We are now going to welcome in Jared Johnson. Hello. What's on your mind? All right. Let's talk about 
Sea Captain Clay. Uh, he returned from a two-game absence last night, and for the first time this season, he shot 50% from the floor for a line of 15 points, two rebounds, uh, six assists, including some beautiful behind-the-back dimes on the break, and three triples, just one turnover in 26 minutes. Thompson said after the game that the knee that he was feeling a little bit sore was feeling great. Uh, it was just a little bit of a hyperextension, but some rest and, and he was fine. Now, some important aspect of this game was Steve Kerr altered his rotation a little bit because Clay was spending so much time on the bench with his minutes restrictions. And he mentioned this, that it was tough for him to basically find his rhythm. And uh, last night, he looked the best he has since his uh, season debut. So he acknowledged after the game, he said, taking the years off I have, it reminds me of my rookie season as far as just learning the offense and the spacing and where I can get my shots off. So after last night's performance, I'm not ready to say that, yes, Clay is back. This is going to be the Clay we're going to see every night moving forward. But I really enjoy seeing these little glimpses here and there. I do acknowledge it'll probably be a bumpy road, but hey, this was a, a sign that we're moving in the right direction. Would you like to push back against No, me I mean, I th- are you a sea captain? Sea captain because he takes a boat, right, to, to games? What a life, yeah, by the he way. Takes a boat to I, I heard, yes. When I heard that, I was so jealous. <laughs> like, that sounds amazing. Yes. He, used to, he also used to park his boat just like randomly on the street Incredible. in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, Anyways. look, if you have Clay, you're you're very grateful that most of us play in daily fantasy, you know, lineup change world these days. And right. I'll say for the hundredth time, I think weekly leagues should be a thing of the past. Weekly lineup locking should be a thing of the past in this day and age. And I mean, look, you just, he's a guy, yeah, he, you know, I think he's a fine, in, in that situation, as long as you don't have too many guys, I mean, who would be like, you don't want, I don't think you want Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson necessarily on the same roster, right? Like you... You got to have Clay, oh, no. let Clay be your most volatile <laughs> guy in terms of missed games. And I think you're fine. And right. we're, we're, we're expecting more, right? Like we're expecting a bunch more missed games, but at least like when he's out there, you know, he's playable and that's all we can ask. Right. And I think just them finishing up, making the rotations better, his minutes getting expanded over the year, that should help him kind of become mm-hmm. Clay again. I was going to talk about Jose Alvarado, but man, last night, Jonathan Kuminga, I could not not talk about him after yeah. last night's performance. Um, he was coming off three straight single-digit stinkers. His previous game was a scoreless performance in just eight minutes off the bench and a win over Utah. But last night, this young kid was flying all over the floor for 22 points, five boards, four triples, and just one turnover in 18 minutes off the bench. He looked incredible. He was throwing down just these... <laughs> the, the amount of lift this man gets when he takes off for the rim is just a, it's a sight to behold. And not only that, but his three-point stroke looks smooth. Caveat, <laughs> he was eight of nine from the floor, four of four from distance, and two right. of two from the stripe. So uh, I, I don't think this is quite replic- replicable. Um, we've kind of been through this routine before uh, where he has these incredible games. And um, the problem is Steve Kerr, if, if that rookie makes a single mistake, he will not hesitate to pull him out of the rotation. And if the mistake is bad enough, he'll let him sit for the entire night. Um, but I just wanted to kind of mention uh, this beautiful game that this rookie had. And, and it, was, it was absolutely incredible to watch. 
it was a 38 point game so like i think he's still kind of off yeah. our given all the context of that and everything you just said i think it's a reminder that wildly intriguing prospect for the for down the road but should probably still be off our fantasy radars just at the moment given everything you just said yeah yeah for standard leagues yeah more of like a if you have him in a dynasty league you should be super right. excited because this man, this man has a ton of potential. Am I wrong that was the jump shot kind of one of the bigger questions about him coming into this season? And, and he's proving that. Accurate. Yeah. And I mean, he's proving that maybe that is going to be an asset. So that's exciting. Yes. Yes. Like I'm saying, those when he was pulling up from, th- from three, they looked very, very smooth. All right. Jared, we're in uncharted waters here. You normally close out this podcast. Aaron Robinson is here. So we're going to navigate this this unusual thing. You're usually here to end it, but I'm going to say goodbye to you and I'm bring Aaron in. <laughs> All right. Adios. Have fun with Ace. At long last, for starters, I think the first thing we wanted to talk about, or you want to talk about, I should say, was we had an Anthony Davis sighting. We had an Anthony Davis sighting. The brow was back in uniform last night for the Lakers, man. And though, you know, it wasn't an explosive um, night for him, obviously, eight points, two rebounds, two assists. Um, he did have four blocks and one steal in just 25 minutes of play. So he was absolutely outstanding uh, for the Lakers defensively last night. And you know, that's something that he's going to bring um, night in and night out, man. Obviously, after the game, Coach Vogel said that, you know, they want to get him some more minutes, but he said it's going to be a building block. Um, so they're going to kind of work him there. Obviously, it's going to be tough because they're playing – Joel Embiid and the Sixers are on Thursday. And he's been absolutely running a rough shot on the NBA. And, you know, I, I know they don't want LeBron playing playing five against against Embiid. And I see last night, um, DeAndre Jordan and White Howard both got DMPs. So, you know, obviously Vogel's not, you know, pretty conf- too confident in those guys. So I think Thursday you might get a lot more of Anthony Davis um, going up against Embiid. And that's going to be a matchup that I'm certainly looking forward to, man. But, you know, the Lakers obviously were able to get a win against the Nets. They were shorthanded, but... You know, um, they looked better, though. Like, the, the defense looked a lot better. Obviously, LeBron is, you know, looking like vintage LeBron, getting those steals and getting out in passing lanes and getting some breakaway dunks and stuff. So, I like what I saw from Anthony Davis last night and the Lakers starting to look, to look a little better. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can kind of finally, you know, start to turn it around here. Yeah, and I'm curious what fantasy managers are going to get from Anthony Davis in the second half. I think what, a guy, talk about a guy who could completely alter some fantasy standings, some fantasy league standings. You know, having kind of a, almost a down year where he's averaging almost 23 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks a game. That that's like a, kind of an off year for him. So it, it's that that's a fascinating storyline for me. What Anthony Davis does down the stretch. Biggest thing gonna be if he can stay on the court, man. I mean, this dude is on an injury report more than you know almost any other player this year, man. So if he can stay healthy, then you know I, I think he's gonna he's gonna make somebody's make somebody's year for sure and start, start 2022 off. But obviously, if he can't stay healthy, then will be in the same place that we've been with with him, you know, this whole season. So that's the most important thing for AD. Right. All right. Well, I think the next storyline you wanted to hit is also from LA, but it's uh, on the Clippers side of things. Yes. Uh, obviously, we had an Amir Coffee sighting last night in the in what was an absolutely preposterous uh, game for my Washington yeah. My little brother was actually at the game, and I was kind of following the box score, and they were up thirty to have. All right, you know, saying pack it up, gonna be a great win for the Wizards. He FaceTimes me later. It was like, yo, they lost. I was like, what? <laughs> How did they lose? <laughs> I go to the box score and I see, obviously, Amir Coffey finishes 29 points last night, five rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, uh, and three triples, man. And he obviously was 
uh, outstanding career high night uh, for Amir Coffey last night. And he's somebody who, as of last night, was only rostered in 24% uh, of mm-hmm. Yahoo leagues, man. But he's, he's been playing really well lately. Um, he's, he's providing sixth round value over the last two weeks. Um, and he's a guy that, that you know, obviously starting now, he's getting minutes in, in the 30s, averaging 30 minutes per game in the month of January. So, you know, obviously with the news dropping that um, with Paul George, that he might elect for surgery here right. um, with, with his elbow. Um, he's a guy that could be that could be extremely valuable as we hit the second half of the season here. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Um, the Clippers right now are they have, they have a three a three game lead over the Blazers um, and a five game lead over the Pelicans for that last playing spot. So don't worry, no like they're in a, they're in kind of that purgatory where even if they get Paul George back, like they're not going to win a championship, but they're good enough to you know kind of contend and maybe you know keep the fans happy if they can kind of get to that eight seed or you know win a playing game or something like that so coffee's a guy that's, that's going to be in line for you know a, a lot of minutes uh in my, in my opinion in january he's been, he's been playing well 13 points a game 4.2 rebounds three assists uh, and 2.2 triples per game in, in the month of january and he's playing 30 minutes a game so he's somebody that definitely is worth it's worth a look um if you're looking for somebody that can kind of get you some some value some some triples um and a little a, a, a little bit of everything kind of there, um, you know, as we hit the second half of the season. Yeah, a few loose ends to tie up here. First of all, so the Wizards were up 35 in that game, right? They were up 30 at the half, and they were up as much as 35. They were up 10 with six seconds left, and they lost the game. Kuzma <laughs> had a five-second call. Kennard drained like a 40-footer from like the five-second line. Um, and then the following possession, they were up three, and they get a four-point play, and Kennard makes the free throw to, to win it on a four-point play. It was absolutely the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Man, that is crazy. Uh, as for Coffee, that was a huge game for his fantasy outlook, I think, and I'm guessing he got dropped some places recently after having averaged just 7.7 points over the previous three games. So a huge development. And by the way, that report that you kind of referenced, there's our alarm, ESPN's Brian Windhorse reporting, as you said, that Paul George could undergo season-ending surgery. So he's got a huge potential rest-of-season runway here as I'm getting ready to bring in Raph for the last word. Yeah, I'm back. A bit different this week with Aaron in instead of Jared. I know. I know. We're all, we've all gotten accustomed to the Raph, the brief Raph-Jared-Matt roundtable at the end, but now it's a Aaron-Matt-Raph roundtable. I'm crashing the party, baby. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's your final thought here, Raph? I'm glad you brought up that Clippers game. I'm com- I'm in complete agreement on Amir Coffey. Um, I didn't even hear about the Paul George report, but you know, even so, like you mentioned, the Clippers are in a spot in the standings where how good are they going to be this season? You know, it's not like a Portland situation where you necessarily blow everything up, but it's one where you get your stars healthy and give it another go next season. So he's definitely a great spot, but. A quick DFS piece of advice for all the listeners out there if you're playing tonight. The opposite of the Clippers are the Sacramento Kings. They got down and decided to lay down last night in Boston. And they're playing in Atlanta tonight. And as we mentioned on prior podcasts, opposing centers score more points against the Kings in fantasy than any other team in the league. So Clint Capella, even on Yeka Okongwu, would probably be worthy of a good look tonight you know, for DFS or fantasy period, because even with Rashawn Holmes, the Kings are just like an abject failure right now. And yeah, so get your money, I guess. 
Aaron, aren't you a Kings guy? Or do you, are you have a Kings? You watch the Kings a lot? Wait, what's your Kings connection? Well, so I, I lived in Sacramento for a year, and my little brother actually lived out there for like five years. So like I, I watched it from afar, but I'm a Wizards guy. I'm, I'm located down here in, in, in uh, Baltimore. I grew up in D.C., so that's why the Wizards stuff last night was utterly preposterous. Uh, but but, but I, I've kept an a, a eye on the, on the Kings and um, – that whole situation, man, it's crazy. And then those guys that are down in Atlanta, they're going to be worried about the, the, the magic city wings tonight. So I'm, 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 I'm with you, Raph. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't know if, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I trust them too much. It's funny because from the Hawks' vantage point, it feels like the, just a giant mm. trap game, as a friend was pointing out to me today. This is like monster trap game for the Hawks as well. So it, just, it all depends on how you want to look Good at point. it. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We're here every weekday during the regular season, and I believe tomorrow, Voice of the Hawks, Bob Rathman is going to be here with you, Raph, and Steve. So check out that. That should be fun. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live, and thanks to all of our writers for joining Brad, Vaughn, Jared, Aaron Raff. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.